0: Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletaub from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Cambridge, Mass., is Matt Kelly. Matt is the editor and CEO of Radical Compliance. And today, we're going to take a look back at 2022 and look ahead to what 2023 may have in store. First, Matt, thanks for taking the time to
1: join us again. Thanks, Adam. It is always great to be here and to talk with you.
0: Oh, it's terrific having you and your insights on the show. Um, So let's start um, looking at what's probably the biggest story of the year and the biggest tragedy of the year, which is the war in Ukraine. Um, How has the war impacted
1: compliance programs? Um, I, I think it has impacted compliance programs in a couple of important ways. Number one, clearly it has driven up the importance of sanctions compliance, right on up your uh, priority list if you're a large corporation, because sanctions compliance has never been easy to do. uh, But these days, the number of Russian nationals or Russian businesses that are getting added to sanctions lists, that has been coming fast and furious all year. And it is happening mostly in a coordinated fashion but not entirely. Sometimes you might have people who are on the lists in the United States, but not Europe or vice versa. Uh, There are other nations as well, such as Australia and Japan. Um, But it is very busy. And of course, the Russians, they know this. And so they're trying to hide their business relationships. So to a certain extent, it's a big game of whack-a-mole. And you need to think through your your sanctions compliance capabilities. And, you know, there's a larger issue here too that I think is the other side of this is that what Russia has done now is made sanctions compliance and supply chain risk issues fused into this one larger headache for corporations. Because if you are sloppy at sanctions compliance or sloppy at supply chain management, either one of those things could cause big problems for the other. So not only do you need to be very perceptive and um, anticipate what the sanctions compliance is and how do we screen these people, but then how does that matter to our supply chain operations and let's include them to make sure that they aren't sourcing from the wrong people and giving me a compliance risk, or I'm not cutting off a key supplier and they're now calling up the compliance team to ask what on earth are you doing? You know, Still, the company has to solve those supply chain disruptions somehow. And there's some other ones about more on the ethics and compliance side but what do you do with your russian operations do you fire all of those employees do you keep them on for a while if so how long do you sell off your russian operations to somebody else i think it's been very challenging but yeah by far and away it's been russia is in its consequences of its war that's been the big thing for 2022.
0: It's had an enormous impact. And, you know, there's the risk of the fines and penalties. But I think the uh, reputational hit uh, would be just enormous for an organization if they were implicated in somehow either trying to skirt sanctions or just not doing their job. Now, that's not all that's going on internationally. What else are you seeing on the international front?
1: Well, I think it is interesting that we're seeing a lot more coordination on FCPA enforcement between or among uh, the United States and Europe and other regulators. Um, We could just look uh, just a couple of weeks ago at the ABB, FCPA Enforcement Action, where that involved the United States, Germany, South Africa, which I think that was the first time we've seen South Africa participate Mm -hmm. in a big FCPA enforcement action, um, and Italy, We've seen that. Uh, we've seen it uh, again with Glencore, where it was the US, it was Britain, it was Switzerland. Um, I think Switzerland was also involved with the ABB action. But we're seeing much more coordination. The United States is talking about coordination like that much more often. Um, I do think also in, an interesting th- side note, uh, not on anti corruption, but in data protection. Uh, We are seeing the Europeans really pushing ahead on tough tough talk, at least, about data privacy, and they've taken some very big enforcement actions. I think the big thing for 2023 will be how does the EU handle Twitter and what Elon Musk has been doing there, because there have been some pretty pointed exchanges happening on Twitter, of course, between the EU and Elon about data protection. Uh, And the EU has also just recently unveiled its corporate sustainability disclosure directive that came out at the end of November. And I think it will go into effect uh, throughout 2023 and beyond. But you are seeing Europe acting really ahead of the U.S. on data privacy and on corporate sustainability issues. Now, we've talked a lot about the international stage.
0: Let's move domestically. What do you see as being the most interesting developments coming out of the
1: DOJ this year? Well, I mean, I think we all know for compliance officers, the most interesting development is this talk about having compliance officers and CEOs certify the effectiveness of your program as part of any sort of deferred prosecution agreement or plea agreement that you might reach. And we are starting to see that. It has actually happened by my count now, I think four times with three fcpa actions and just now for the first time they also had that certification requirement imposed against dance bank for anti-money laundering failures and i think it's fascinating because it is a nice idea in the abstract that i still have a lot of questions i know compliance officers have a lot of questions on how would this actually work in practice um, we don't really have a lot of clarity on what a reasonably def- effective or reasonably designed and effective program is supposed to do. Uh, it's a phrase people use a lot, but it's not actually defined very often in statutes in the United States. Um, and we have a lot of questions about: so what if you certify your program and then experience a failure later on, or you're found to have experienced a failure? Does the CCO then face liability? Um, so I think one important thing we have to remember is that as much as these questions are legitimate and need to be answered, nobody has actually signed one of these things yet because it comes at the end of the deferred prosecution agreement. That's normally about three years. We won't actually see somebody signing these until 2025. If there is a change in administration in 2025 in Washington, it's entirely possible a new DOJ will say, we're not doing this. So we don't actually know that anybody will ever sign one of these. As I said, it's a good good idea that compliance officers have more ability to impose a good and effective compliance program. It might be a good relationship booster with your CEO because they're also signing these things. And it gets to questions about, well, how would you actually get assurance that you're reasonably your program is? What data are we tracking? What's How are we monitoring this? How do we know that the data we're getting is confirmed? And Uh, we've seen the DOJ talk an awful lot these days about data, 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 data—the importance of it. They have made some hires at the Justice Department who are very sophisticated about data analytics. For so that's the other big thing I think about a lot is, you know, regardless of any certification ever happen, or you might need to sign as a personal compliance officer. Clearly you're gonna have to be better at data analytics to see how your program is working. And that's another thing that it's not going away in 2023 or years beyond. I wanna go back Mm -hmm. to something you touched on
0: earlier, which is privacy. We we can't talk about compliance issues these days without discussing privacy. Um, What do you see as the most notable developments there?
1: Oh, see, I I think this is really interesting because while we were largely looking at sanctions compliance issues or big FCPA settlements and whatnot, elsewhere, off screen, a lot of U.S. regulators were publishing some very interesting pronouncements about data protection. Uh, Some of it was just guidance about what they would like to see for effective information protection. Some of it was enforcement actions that compliance officers should look at because they're sending us a signal with this. Uh, For example, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, for anybody who is in financial services or offers financial services to consumers. uh, Over the summer, they published guidance about what they would consider to be good practices that if you don't have them, then they are pretty much going to be looking to impose liability on you if you suffer some sort of an incident and the CFPB is investigating it. And those practices were technical things like multi-factor authentication. You know, you have to send an email to your, they send a code to your email that you enter in on your screen and you have a password, but multi-factor authentication, good password management policies, and timely software updates. Uh, And if you don't have those things, the CFPB, when they come and knock on your door, if you suffer an incident. But those three things are also mentioned by CISA, which is the Critical Infrastructure Security Agency. And they had published guidance last year, or I mean, not last year, in February, beginning of this year, watch out for Russia cyber attacks. Here's the practices that you should do, company for good data protection. And they they named the same three things other regulators. And then on the enforcement side, the Federal Trade Commission had two actions in rapid succession at the end of October, where there were some online engaged in some really poor data protection practices for a long time. And the reforms that the FTC then said, you must impose, those look a lot like best practices that compliance officers elsewhere should read and say "Uh uh-huh that's what we should have such as again multi-factor authentication um, clear roles and responsibility for it security and data protection risk assessments and audits but adam the most interesting part was that in one of those federal trade commission enforcements they had a consent decree with the company you must implement these certain practices and they had a separate parallel one with the CEO personally that if he takes another job he still has to implement those same sort of effective practices at the next company and yeah. i've never seen that before uh, you know i, I my, my obvious question here is do you bring that up at the beginning of the job interview do you <laughs> put it on your linkedin profile i i don't know what the answer is there but um talk about holding executives personally accountable that clearly was an interesting thing um, Isn't it, but yeah, all of it is set of practices companies will need to think about for good information protection
0: yeah and it's also a good reminder of the lesson of never fail to learn from the failures of one of your competitors you know it's important to always Absolutely. watch what people are getting trouble for what the government's asking cuz it's a good way to make sure you stay ahead of the curve. So it's December 15th, uh, 2022, as we record this. um, It's time for some crystal ball gazing. What do you think is gonna happen in 2023?
1: Uh, Well, I'm gonna go out on a limb and talk first about what I think will not happen, which I do not think we are going to see any great economic recession or calamity in 2023. There may be some slower growth, and there may be some industries that do suffer what would be a recession for them. And I'm looking specifically at the big tech companies right there because I do think they're under some economic pressure. But by and large, I don't know that we're gonna have these great economic doom and gloom. And I think this matters for compliance officers because ultimately you have budgets you need to secure, you have travel arrangements you might need to make or travel freezes and you know going through a recession is not fun. I do think that compliance officers will still have lots of room to think about how do we make a good compliance program work. Um, I will be very curious to, yet again, see what does the FTC do for vigorous enforcement actions. Um, And second time around now, I'm going to mention Elon Musk, because I do think in addition to whatever spat he might have with the European authorities, I think he's going to have one with the U.S. authorities as well. Uh, We clearly need to look at the Securities and Exchange Commission. They're going to adopt a greenhouse gas disclosure rule for public companies probably in, I would guess, March or May or so. It's going to come out fairly early. But the SEC is going to be doing a lot more around disclosure of cybersecurity incidents, um, insider trading policies that will need to be amended. They just adopted some rules for that the other day so a lot of publicly traded companies will need to read policies and procedures around a lot of things and you will need to comply with the disclosures you need to make so public company compliance officers and regulatory affairs people you're going to be busy in 2023 Uh, but even beyond that i think more broadly a lot of compliance professionals at non-public companies at smaller businesses you'll probably be thinking about, how do I coordinate with those larger corporate customers? If they have ESG disclosures to make, they're gonna ask me about mine. If they're making cyber disclosures, they're gonna wanna know about my cybersecurity practices. Um, So there'll be a lot of that, and there's still gonna be a lot of FCPA enforcements, uh, and there's gonna be a lot more talk about holding people accountable individually. And I think that it's gonna be a busy year as uh, it often seems to be with compliance officers.
0: I think it's beyond often. I think it's always a a busy year. Well, Matt, (laughs) thank you for sharing both this look back and look forward with us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Trittletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.